Hey there, it's Huck. We're doing something a little bit different for The Crackling. We're here in Perth, taking you behind the scenes of Perth Porkstars 2022 with chefs Melissa Palinkas, Evan Hayter and Guy Jeffries. Melissa, how are you? I'm good, I'm great. What's it like uh, doing an event like this? You normally cook for consumers. What's it like cooking for industry? Um, It's probably the most fun thing you could ever actually do (laughs) because you know that you can feed them whatever you want and they'll (laughs) appreciate it. And especially uh, at these events like Porkstar, all your chef mates are sitting out there expecting some wowser food and what we're going to do with the pork and um, yeah, we get very interesting with it. Does, is there a bit of pressure involved in regards to creativity and coming up with something that perhaps people haven't seen or do you delve into your past? Like, how do you approach it? Yeah, so I take a little bit from stuff that I've done and then I mostly try and do things that I haven't done. Um, I've done a few of these events, so mm. I like to keep it interesting for everyone. Um, but my favourite thing is um, all the offal and stuff that I use, so I like getting creative with that. Well, tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing on the menu. What are some of the dishes that you've created? Yeah, so um, we're doing a... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. That's right. Um, we're doing a pig's ear, basically, with um, some pear and some uh, ginger. Nice. Uh, like we're using the, the pig's ear as like the cracker, basically. Um, my head chef at Ethos has made a blood pudding with an apple gastrique, which wow. is going to be different. Uh, and then we've got a little donut uh, with uh, bacon, jam, goat cheese. Wow. And what's the other one? Hang on, tell us a little bit about that bacon jam. Yeah, so we get... When we, uh, we make our bacon, we have all the offcuts and stuff, so we all, all cut it all down and render it out, and then we cook it down with lots of spices, coffee, sugar, and it wow. turn it into this, like, jam. Um, and then we usually have it on a toasty or something like that, but this time we're doing, like, a, a fresh donut with goat cheese and the bacon jam inside. Wow. Yeah. I, I noticed, thanks to the world of social media, that you've been working on this menu for days leading yes, up to this event. I have. Take us back over the last couple of days. What's some of the processes involved to create what you're doing? Yeah, so we had, we've got pig's heads as well, which we made uh, pork headed to tester. So we boned those out and um, put them on a cure, rolled them and steamed them off. And um, I was making a dressing yesterday out of pork, smoked pork fat. So on Saturday nights, we put loads of pork shoulders in our wood oven and then Sundays we always do pork every Sunday at Young George nice. there's pork on the menu um, so all the rendered fat comes off that and we keep it all so I just basically washed vinegar with the pork fat Wow. same way as you'd make a bacon bourbon cocktail or something like that <laughs> basically you wash the, the liquor with the fat and it infuses into the actual liquor so I did that with the, for the vinaigrette uh, and I also made pork butter so I minced down pork fat, yeah, so all the pork fat we minced down and then um, just basically whip it with um, some garlic and uh, lemon zest and thyme and it comes out like really beautiful spreadable butter. That's extraordinary. It tastes porky, but it's, it's not too porky, it's just like delicious. Well, what sort of pork is important for what you're doing with it? You know, do you have any stories of the... the uh, farmer or the pork that you need to be able to do what you do? Yeah, so um, I use a lot of different supply for different things. Um, when I'm working nose to tail, I do actually buy Evans pigs off, off. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Evans pigs are probably featuring on tonight's charcuterie list because <laughs> I've just bought 
Well, my last one was a few weeks ago, but yeah, so I buy um, Ev's pigs and make charcuterie out of all that. So there'll be a bit of that on the menu today. Um, um, Black Label Berkshire I use for certain charcuterie as well. And then Lindley Valley Pork as well as a main staple because they can supply me with volume. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're the three suppliers that I generally use. How do you go about creating a menu for an event like this? You're working with other chefs. Like, how do you decide who does what and who looks after sort of and, – and also getting that sort of um, good flow through a menu as well? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess like I got approached by um, Kylie to put this event on mm. um, as a liaison for her because she's in Sydney. Um, so I basically set up the menu structure. Um, I gave the boys the entrees and main courses because I've done that many times. So we just took snacks and um, showcased the charcuterie. Um, And then I just basically got the boys to talk about what they wanted to do and everything's pork so we we, we start off with a bit lighter lighter stuff so snacks mm. then the charcuterie down the table with some nice bread and then Ev's got a really beautiful um, dish with Lonza that he, he actually makes out of his pigs um, and then Guy's got like a bit of a, uh, a meatball deal going on uh, with his corn polenta uh, and then flowing into like the heaviest sort of stuff with pork collar and um, the, wow. ba- the big bang is the porchetta so yeah. the big porchetta yes and then a, and then a a pork dessert yeah amazing yeah well we'll hear more about the pork dessert yes. a, bit, a bit later but you know pork aside yep. what's what's what do you love about these events and what why are they so important oh we get to showcase food our own food we mm. get to um like be creative and uh be creative amongst our peers which is awesome. Um, and it's just fun working with other chefs and um, hanging out with them afterwards is probably the best deal. We've got a <laughs> glass of wine in our hand. Um, yeah, I just, I just love the camaraderie of um, these kind of events with lots of different people and different chefs of different levels and um, all coming together and um, experiencing what we're putting out there. Well, we're going to hang out in the kitchen a little bit later. I look forward to enjoying the, the creations that you come up with. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks, Huck. Evan Hader, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you, Huck. <laughs> we just had a great chat with Melissa telling us about sort of what's going on tonight. But yep. what's it like for you doing an event like this where you'd normally be cooking for consumers, but you're cooking for chefs? Um, I, I guess it's a little bit different. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty exciting to cook for the peers in the industry. Uh, I don't get up to the city that often. Mm. That being said, I've been up a few times the last couple of months, but, um, uh, you know, I've got my favourite restaurants that I eat at and um, I I tend to just come up to the city, do what I need to do, go and have a meal or two uh, and, yeah, not catch up with enough people. So tonight uh, to cook for the industry will be perfect. There'll be a load of people in the room that I haven't seen in a long time and Mm. good to talk a bit of uh, junk with, I guess. Did treat the sort of dish creation differently than you might at the restaurant for something like this? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, <laughs> we're, we're very um, produce driven in our restaurant, so it's, uh, it's all about the seasonal availability of, of whatever it is that we're um, doing at that, that point in time. And running a small kitchen, we don't really have the time to sort of do, you know, side side hustle jobs, I guess. Or Sure. Um, we're busy enough running the farm and, and everything else, so... Uh, a lot of the prep tonight is things that are on our menu at the moment. Um, yeah, we're doing an entree and a main. So uh, there is a there's a couple of things on there that we will be putting on the menu this coming week wow. that haven't been on there. So that's, that's different, I guess. But um, yeah, other than that, no, would, not too different. Were you, 
you're in a very different uh, situation to many chefs. You're growing your own pigs. And in fact, Melissa's using your pigs as well for, for some of the dishes tonight. Tell us about your pigs and the life that they have and you know why they're so good for what you do. Yeah, um, as we discussed on, on, your, on your podcast, mm. um, I got my pigs to help with a noxious invasive weed um, and managed to get pork out of that. So I think it kind of led to a deeper knowledge of, um, of the industry. Um, and so I really wanted to do something that was um, quite a bit different. And it's translated in the quality of the meat. So mm. the produce itself actually tastes so much better when the animal's looked after. Um, so from that point of view, as soon as you start down that road, it's, it's you know, you can't substitute. You, you have to do it that way from now on and do it better and better and better. Uh, in the case of Melissa, I'm quite particular as to who, who gets my pork because there's not <laughs> that much of it. So... Um, that, sound, that sounded awful. That's a good rap on her. Um, yeah. <laughs> Melissa's getting my pork. <laughs> She'll be stoked. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Melissa's incredible at, at everything that she does. She is tireless worker. Her and her partner, Susan, they are inspiration in our industry. Yeah. Uh, and so, naturally, um, naturally, Melissa can... Yeah, Melissa can have anything she wants, basically, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so um, yeah, so she buys a couple of pigs um, every year, uh, and like her charcuterie and approach to it is um, is second to none in in probably in Western Australia. I mean, she's she's very thorough about it, and and is always wanting to be better at it. So I know that she's looking after the animal itself when she gets hold of it. So tell us about the dishes that you're cooking. Uh, so tonight we've got a entree and then a main course. So the entree is uh, a little cured lonza, um, so a little loin mm. uh, that's been rolled in saved coriander and fennel seeds, so from the garden as well. Uh, so the pigs are growing, born, growing, and uh, you know uh, utilised on the property itself, and and. The garden produces the coriander and the fennel seed that's gone into the uh, the crust of it, I guess. Um, so it's, it speaks of place, I guess. Um, and so we're going to be serving that with some, again, seed-saved mustard seeds, which we've sprouted. Uh, so a little bit of a, a salad, a bit of a play on a carpaccio, I guess, we're going to mm. go with, with the lonza. So slice that thin. We've got some dried beetroots that we've grown, uh, roasted, uh, and then dehydrated. Uh, so they're quite chewy. Uh, just to give that little bit more texture to the salad. Uh, and then there's some oxidised apples, so black apple dressing wow. going with that as well. Wow. Tell us about putting the, the menu together. Uh, is, it, is it hard when you've got other chefs and you've got such a long menu to do? Um, it, it, it could be, I guess. Uh, I'm cooking with two very like-minded chefs tonight. Uh, Guy and Melissa both approach their food the same way I do. Well, it's probably the other way around. I approach my food um, the way I do because of inspiring chefs like those guys. Uh, And and I've learnt so much. So we already have a really good synergy. Um, But that being said, we're good friends. And so we just texted each other and was like, what are you doing? What are you using? Guy texted me yesterday just to make sure that I wasn't using something or he wanted to use something and he just wanted to make sure I wasn't using it. So... You know, our food is truly seasonal and what's in front of us at the time. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we think we're very lucky to be able to do that. Um, Pork aside, for an event like this, how important is this event for for you guys? Um, 
I mean, highlighting highlighting good quality produce for mm. sure. It's it's extremely important. Um, but to bring hospitality together, there's not enough events like this. Um, and somehow these guys at Pork Stars managed to do that. Mm. Um, and they they do it. Australia wide, like I know people all over Australia who have either been pork stars or been to a pork stars event, and yeah. they just speak so highly. I've never heard anyone speak poorly of it. Like it's always a great night. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm quite excited to be part of it, and yeah, really humbled. Well, Evan, look forward to enjoying your creations this evening. Uh, thanks for catching up with us, mate. Absolute pleasure, and lovely to meet you in person, Huck. <laughs> Guy Jeffries. We just had a great chat with Evan and Melissa. Uh, what's it like working with them? Oh, I've known those guys for years and we're, we're good mates out of work as well as done a lot of events together. Uh, I did an event with Mel like what last week I think down wow. south. Uh, Evan's a good mate. Whenever I'm down in Margaret River we're always hanging out and having a having a couple of brews and, and a bottle of wine and uh, yeah we've done done um, actually Mel and I did an epic event down at Evan's oh, wow. uh, a couple of years just, well just coming out of COVID when we were allowed to reopen again so yeah wow yeah it was good fun. Is it What's are there benefits to having such a strong relationship when you're trying to put together a big menu for an event like this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to double up. I mean, oh shit, hang on, we're all using pork. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. But you know, apart from that, we you know we don't want to double up on ingredients and everything. And we've all got our own style, so it's not that we're going to really be crossing those sort of paths mm. with each other. But you know, we, we both don't want to use broccoli, for example. I mean, we yeah. were we're all very seasonal chefs and. So, you know, at the moment there's lots of, you know, broccoli and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, as long as we're not all putting that on as a side or something. But, um, yeah, we all have our own styles. and and uh, But I think that they all work together. We'll see tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out a bit later. Um, tell us a little bit about the dishes that you created for tonight. Uh, what are we doing? So... I've just gone like I always do. Super homely. Um... Just, you know, comfort food. It's pretty cold, blustery night out there tonight, so I think the dishes I've chosen are, going, are suiting the weather pretty well. Mm. So obviously we've got pork. Uh, I'm doing an entree, and our entree is um, uh, some Berkshire pork mince that's been made, uh, spiced up into a sausage mince, and then we're just going to do some real rough, like, meatballs. Oh. And then serving that with uh, some corn from our garden to, uh, like, a mountain corn that we're going to make polenta from later. Wow. And then we've got oh, so much lettuce at the moment. So I've made like a cooked lettuce, braised lettuce sort of sauce. And uh, yeah, hopefully that tastes good. And main course, once again, super homely um, porchetta. So we've, we've got these beautiful, so Linton um, from Black Label Berkshire. Yeah. He's, he's su- uh, supplied all the pork for us tonight for my courses. And he also supplies our restaurant uh, every week for the last four or five years um so yeah so we've got the midsections and we've boned them out just put a little little rub on there of just you know basic like hard herbs and stuff and then yeah rolled it up into a porchetta i'm about to put them into the oven when i finish talking to you wow hopefully they come out nice and crackly and perfect uh rest out just before the guests arrive and serving that with baked beans so my favorite (laughs) winter uh yeah some home homegrown bolotti beans um, so yeah, hopefully that's good. And then I've been lobbed with dessert as well. <laughs> How have you taken on that challenge? Yeah, not lightly. Um, pork dessert. So yeah, we really we put our thinking caps on, <clears throat> and we we thought about uh, Chianti butter. So when you render the fat, uh, and, and and then you whip it, 
you know, you add savoury flavours to it. Mm. But it looks like meringue. So we had a play and uh, we made some, we just blitzed up some vanilla sugar and made like a, uh, made, made a, uh, like a, uh, what am I trying to say? Just a, like a, like this really fine sugar mm. and, and put uh, with a bit of spice in there and we whipped that through the fat and it, it, it has come out. I tried it on a few of my staff yesterday. They did not pick it for pork fat. Wow. They thought it was meringue. Um, and then all the crunchy bits from rendering, uh, like all the bits of, of minced, uh, minced fat, we just really, really cooked that and then put a bit of ginger and cinnamon through cause, and it's sort of like this biscuity crumb. Um, so, yeah. There you go. That's what we're doing. What's so great about the pork that you're using? You said they, they supply your restaurant as well. Mm. What, what's what's so important about the pork that comes through the door for you? Oh, it's, it's, it's just such a great product. It's always got really good fat to it. It's, uh, it's so tasty. Like we, we do nothing to it. We just bit of olive oil, a bit of salt, and we roast it or we'll grill it depending because we get like the whole animal in. So it depends mm. on what cut we're cooking, but... We don't have to do anything to it. There's, you know, a lot of people will brine their pork and do stuff, but like this is just some of the most sensational pork and and, and consistently sensational. It's is there challenges cooking for chefs and the industry compared to consumers? Uh, not really. I've been doing this for a while. Um, I'd know probably half the room out there, and I've <laughs> cooked for them before, so I suppose there's a little bit, little bit of pressure because you don't want to stuff up because <laughs> you'd look like a dickhead. But uh, hopefully, I don't stuff up. But yeah, but I think that the same as when I'm cooking for a customer every day as well. What, what do you love about uh, an event like this? Oh, just everyone coming together. It's been such a hard time in in Hospo, mm-hmm. um, obviously everywhere. But uh, but you know our our tight little knit. WA Perth uh, Southwest community we all we all know each other and yeah. and we're you know it's different over east with you guys like you guys have had it f- it's been happening for a while we're actually right in the thick of it at the moment so like I had I had to shut the restaurant last week because half the staff are out on COVID and um, so yeah we, we've really only, WA's only really experienced this COVID mm. thing for the last few months and it's really hitting now so I think tonight is a great celebration for for our whole industry to be able to get out and about. Guy, it's going to be a great evening. Really looking forward to seeing uh, the creations and the celebration. Well, um, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks Thanks for having the chat. Cheers, Huck. So I'm in the kitchen with Melissa. Um, what, are you, what are you doing at the moment? I'm plating up a uh, bacon jam and goat cheese donut. Wow. Mm. Have you had one yet? I have. I've eaten them many times <laughs> um, in a larger format. They're very filling and they're very rich, but they're absolutely... Would you like to try one? Yeah, sure. I reckon you should definitely get uh, all right, well, hang your on. lips around that one. Okay. Well, mm. Just put the whole thing in your mouth. Mm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choke. Don't mm. choke, huh? Wow. I think you need to talk because I've got a mouthful at the moment. You're also, you're also plating up some pig's ears. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so we've got um, some um, pig's ear, which we've rolled. Uh, we've, we've, we've cooked down in a master stock. We've rolled, frozen, sliced, dehydrated, puffed. So that's the cracker. And then we've got some barrel-aged feta, um, some pear and some pickled ginger. How do you get the idea for something like this? Like- I don't know. It just comes out of this mad brain of mine. <laughs> <laughs> do you like to try one of those two? Yeah, well, why not? You're yeah. going to have to, yeah. All right, 
Um, so what's it like in the kitchen at the moment? You've got a few hands doing things. Yeah, we're pretty calm. We're looking pretty good. We're just, um, we've got 30 minutes to go before showtime. We're just um, getting the canapes, which are quite fiddly, together. And, yeah, we're ready to rock, really. Has it all gone a bit too smoothly? Like, what, 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 what's the feeling here? Is it When you do these big events, things can go wrong, but has everything been pretty smooth? Everything's been absolutely smooth. Mate, I've got this. <laughs> Of course you do. Amazing. Because I've got all these people around me helping me. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, please. No worries. Cool. So, Evan, we're outside on the barbecue. What are you doing out here? Uh, Just searing off uh, the cabbage, which is going to sit underneath the pork collar uh, that will also char off on the barbecue, just finish it off. So the pork collar, tell us a bit about how you've cooked that and and why you're sealing it sort of just... uh, towards the end of before you serve it yeah uh so back down south down at uh down at aramea and margaret river we um we brine the pork collar for uh, overnight i think it was at uh, 1.5 percent overnight and then we've taken it out cooked it in the oven at about 62 degrees for about six hours uh and then we've brought it up here and we've put it back into the oven at 62 degrees um and just just sort of a dry roast on it and like a dry slow roast and then we just sear it off at the end how are you loving the elements out here it's not exactly barbecue weather it's pretty bloody windy and chefs are turning up are you happy about being out here at the moment (laughs) yeah i know right um well the barbecue hasn't blown out at the moment it's holding pretty good heat um so so far so good um, but, yeah, we are looking like we might get blown away tonight. But it's, it's good. As soon as this place fills up, it's going to be amazing. The, you know, all the chefs. And no one really cares on a Monday night. We'll have a few beers and cook some barbecue. And uh, it's going to be a good night. Uh, amazing, mate. Um, look forward to seeing uh, what ends up on the plate. Thanks again. No worries. So, Guy, we're back at house here. There's a lot of porchetta. How many porchetta have we got? So we've got seven porchettas uh, in the oven at the moment, well, in the two ovens. So they came off of uh, some pigs from Linton, some Black Label Berkshire, uh, about 50 kilo dressed pigs. Wow. That's a lot of pork. Like, yeah. h- how many people does that feed? Uh, well, we've got a hundred hungry hospos. It's like a game, isn't it? It does sound like a game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't want to want to soak up a bit of the bit of the booze that they're drinking. What? Hopefully a little bit left for us as well. Yeah. What's the secret to a great porchetta, you know, getting the meat right and the crackling right? Well, we hung it for, it was on the hook for a week um, before before we even thought about taking it off the bone and then rolling it. So yeah, it was it was uh, yeah it, it hung whole for a few days and then we hung it for about another six days uh, as the midsection and then took it off the bone, put a little uh, herb rub on the inside and then rolled it up and generous pinch of chef's pinch of salt <laughs> and uh, into the into the oven for about two and a half hours. Well, uh, you've been working your ass off uh, all day while I've been swatting about a bit in and out, but um, yeah, how are you feeling? All ready to go? Yeah, if yep. Well, as soon as I know that the pork's hit temp and the and, and the crackle's all good, and just worrying about my polenta over here thickening up, and uh, yeah, should be all good. Awesome, mate. Thanks. Thanks, Huck. Kylie Roberts. Yes, you <laughs> you organise all of these incredible pork star dinners that happen across the country. Why do you do them? Um. To celebrate the beast mainly, the beautiful beast of the pig, but really it's to bring the industry together and learn and meet and live with their talent and try and explore and spread their messages of all the cool stuff they're doing. 
the the connections that you're making with all the industry at the moment how important are those connections uh, for you oh for me personally we've got lots of friends and things like that but overall i think for pig farmers it's really imperative for chefs to understand what the farmer's trying to do and that's really what all we're trying to do is make the connection well it's incredible what you're doing and uh what an amazing event thank you cheers this is the crackling a deep in the weeds production in partnership with porkstar i'm anthony huckstep stay tuned as we catch up with some of australia's best chefs and pork producers to discover what makes Australian pork so special.